I was mm. Mm. there she mm. is I was mm. waiting for big brother to let mm. us know that mm. she was she was recording us finally well normally we don't really care about the video portion of these so I just wanted to add some voguing because I yeah, feel like yeah 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 I'll pull, I'll pull my shirt up a little bit when one records one's videos <laughs> one serves looks 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 <laughs> looks looks um, correct um normally um, we only do oral videos for you guys meaning no video at all so but, with the, but this time we have a special occasion and it's kind of a big deal because i don't think my, any of my relationships have ever lasted this long ever <laughs> i mean in general our friendship has lasted extraordinarily longer than most of your relationships but aside from that actually most of our relationships i will say mm-hmm. i will say anyway <laughs> but this so is, right right this is a big, this is a big achievement this uh-huh. is this is a, a large anniversary to be celebrating it it's it's great tidings of big joy big joy so the biggest of joys is so large look at joy it's huge <laughs> ginormous joy um huge joy if huge <laughs> is the biggest joy that has ever been enjoyed okay so anyway <laughs> We should record Christmas cards for people. <laughs> Happy Christmas. <laughs> You're going to have the best Christmas, Christmas you've ever had. This year is the best Christmas that you're going to have. The ratio of good Christmas uh, this year is 100%. The, the wokesters would call call Yuletide. It's amazing. We love Yuletide. We have great Yuletides. We love a Yule. <laughs> We're tidying it. <laughs> <laughs> we're tying the hell out of it <laughs> so anyway all of this to say that i think i don't know are we including minisodes in this statistic i think so i think this is t- in totality okay in totality <laughs> to include totality <laughs> to include main sods and minisodes mm, all the all the collective sips that we've taken so gulp sometimes <laughs> Honestly, sometimes it's like waterboarding <laughs> with tea. Um, but like cold tea say? because we're a little more merciful torture. Who could but... say? Who could say? But we would we're just like... <laughs> Meanwhile, the Taliban. <laughs> Not now, guys. Hot tea, brilliant. <laughs> okay, I'm going to need some royalties here. <laughs> your mind with a Taliban joke is where's my cut well they did oh can you hear that I'm sorry I forgot to turn my AC off is it too loud it is but you know it's important that you are at a good body temperature right that's important I, I will be more annoyed when I'm editing if I have a big whirring in the noise than if I had to sit here a little warm for a little bit so we're just gonna do a quick posy poo while I turn off my AC and suffer for the people so here I am sweating for the listeners. An autobiography. <laughs> so here I am sweating. <laughs> I mean, really, that is, that's the whole book. You open it, it goes, that's it. I just sweat a lot. <laughs> and then there's a couple of pictures because I don't think you can get through a book about yourself without including pictures of yourself. Publishers are raving. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> Innovative, cool, but not literally. I love it. Because she's sweating. <laughs> I love the juxtaposition. <laughs> so this is the longest way to tell you that this episode 
it wouldn't be us though if we got to the point you know if we didn't just we take are, a few we, you, there's like turns here's the thing when hannah and i are driving down metaphorical or realistic roads we might see an off-road that we're like oh my gosh look that drives through this really amazing tree lined little alcove we should like drive through it and take Instagram photos. This is mostly metaphorical because honestly, when we're driving, we don't like to go on strange roads, but when we're in our mind's eye, we like to visit the roads that lead up to Mr. Darcy's mansion that are covered in trees and beautiful and amazing. So there we are. Yes. Yes. Okay. So this episode marks a very significant number of episodes for us that if you had asked us last October, when we began this podcast, Hey, Em and Hannah, do you think we'll make it? To that far of an episode we would have said yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> we have a really high inflated sense of self <laughs> actually so we'll probably make it to like ten thousand. to be honest very confident yeah but, but pomp and circumstance bah, bah, bah. i mean 50 yes episodes 50 five, five zero. zero my the guy big, the big 50 which is the gold anniversary mm. so you guys owe us cough it up uh yeah where is our gold (laughs) real quick question um (laughs) just wondering where it is no rush you can just mail it mail it's (laughs) fine i totally believe you have it sent to us um in some form of another i don't know maybe maybe you sent it to me as like a necklace or a bracelet or maybe you like had this treasure chest and it was like full right. of balloons and you mailed it to us <laughs> but then fedex got confused because we are both moving right now so they were like oh we'll store it at the depot for you so that you can mm. come pick it up we just like need to know the tracking number so we can get it right so get it and somehow this fedex is in such an ethereal location that we we're both able to reach it without having to worry about traveling to different continents so yeah. it's fedex extra so Sorry, I just turned my dishwasher on for the first time today and I heard like a draining noise and I was like, what monster is that? <laughs> We're being attacked. I haven't had a dishwasher in over a year now since I moved. Um, and let me tell you, hot commodity. Hot. Can I just tell you, fire. <laughs> okay, that's that's the walls not my are dishwasher. Crumbling around you. The, that's the just walls someone. Are crumbling. That's something outside. I don't know what. A very large truck of some kind. I'm like, meanwhile, Emma checks to make sure she's not getting murdered. (laughs) (laughs) So real quick, um, can I like finish the episode first? (laughs) Thanks. It's it's actually our 50th. (laughs) So if you could like wait to kill me, it'd be so helpful for our metrics. But also like do it so it's on camera in like a really vague way. So So, like all you see is like maybe an arc of blood across. Like you don't see me actually die. You just see like an artful splatter. You know what I'm saying? No. No. Then I get up like, does it look okay? Oh no. So anyway, 5-0. We're 50 today with our episodes. Crazy. We look great. I can't believe we've had that much to talk about, but also at the same time, that's not shocking at all. So yeah. I'm more surprised that people are listening after 50. Like, super humbled, be grateful. Thank you so much. But I am shocked because I enjoy listening to us. Sure. Yeah. I go back nice all the time. <laughs> but it's nice to know that other people do. So we hope that you're enjoying all 49 previous episodes of, of pure bliss that we've blessed you with. You're welcome. And we I have to I have to tell you, I I went to um 
I, I saw this thing on, on Reddit and it was um, this podcast that men were doing and it was really controversial because it was like them talking about how rape culture isn't real. And basically, I don't know if they actually believe that, but they were trying to like get attention. And I made a comment that I thought was really funny, not, not just accurate, but funny, especially given the content that we were criticizing. And I had said, ugh, men talking, don't we have enough of that? Why don't they get an actual hobby like taking out the trash? And I got major downvoted, which I thought was so ironic because like, here we are criticizing, and I, I guarantee it was all men who downvoted me. Um, and, on, and on Reddit, it's called downvoting if someone like, there's arrows next to your comment, if they upvote, that means like, they thought it was funny or shocking or whatever. And you get what's called positive karma. And it's, it's, it's fake internet points, is, is all it is. And if they press the down arrow, it's a downvote, and then you get negative karma. So basically it just takes away from karma that you already had. It's um, an arbitrary system. It means nothing. It's very much whose line is it anyway. The points do not matter. But I noticed that I was getting like downvoted a lot, and I was like, I find that interesting because you guys, I'm just, I just emulated the comments that you guys say to women, as men, all the time. Like, why don't you go back to the kitchen or like, oh, women talking? Like, you have nothing of value to add. And of course, when the tables have turned, you don't like it. So. Oh, how the turning tables have turned. Those turntables, they turn a lot, let me tell you. But anyway, I stand by my comment and I thought it was funny. I think that we have enough groups of men collectively talking at us. You know, I just can't think of anything worse than the patriarchy having a podcast. So I'm just trying to think of like anything positive <laughs> that, that would bring That's to just the table. called politics and it's great. So <laughs> it's called MSNBC. <laughs> it happens every it's day. It's called Fox News. So no, that's like that's <laughs> the other stuff. <laughs> that's like the aliens have landed is like a normal news story. When they're like mm-hmm. story at eleven, but first let's check in with weather. <laughs> like oh, okay. <laughs> a little drizzly today. <laughs> president biden why have you sent these uh these aliens what why is that why are you using aliens to distribute covid vaccines (laughs) the people need to know (laughs) all right now we're getting into our more controversial side of the podcast but it's not 50 yet then we can do what we want (laughs) i'll do what i want this party it's my 50th (laughs) i do what i like (laughs) i'll smoke inside what are you gonna do what are you gonna stop me? <laughs> my 15th anniversary. Bite With me. myself. So anyway, we wanted to get that out of the way before we dove into the actual episode-ness of the sode because it's a theme today. And we wanted you guys to not be confused as to why everything is 50 themed. Maybe you'd be like, do they really want to go back to the 50s? We don't, but we just wanted to let you guys know. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to being 50. I feel like Golden Girls is a great look for me. Truly. Which one do you Uh, think you are is my real question. Oh, I'm such a Dorothy. Like such a Dorothy. I mean, I think everybody wants to be Blanche and I think a lot of people are Rose and they just don't know, but I, I am very aware that I'm a Dorothy. I think I have some Blanche moments. You have a lot of Blanche moments. So as a person who identifies as Blanche, I think that I'm accurate with it. So yeah, but I think a lot of people think they're Dorothy or Blanche who are actually Rose. Having established our golden girl personas, as well as announced the 50thness of this episode, I thought I would take just a quick look back into our podcast metrics. And 
that. I want to see our top three episodes. And number one, which I find interesting because it's been at the top for as long as I can remember. Stop, don't touch me there. This is my no-no square. That has remained at 250 listens since we posted it, our number one episode. Fascinating since rape culture isn't real, right? I don't know what you're talking about. Rape culture is like such a woman-made concept. Hannah slowly reeling into the camera. <laughs> All you geese! I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> number two. The Transcontinental Tea, episode one, at 134 listens. And then... Love sentimental stuff that makes my little heart just squidge. Like, and then <laughs> dropping to number three, which is kind of a big drop in number, is Opportunities in a Post-Lockdown World at 76 listens. And after that, it's pretty much just like a... Our, our, <laughs> it's so funny that we talk about rape culture and all that because our least popular episode is called What Women Want So Far. But we just posted that, to be fair. So um, we'll give it some time. But it's still the the last... I would say, yeah, people, you guys, you want us to talk about boundaries more, um, and we will deliver if you so choose. So, honestly, I could talk about boundaries for like six weeks straight and not come up for air, apart from like the occasional requirement for avocado toast. So, truly, um, quick pause once again while I close the store because Miko needs to chew on her bone, and let me tell you, I know you guys can hear it. You're being she polite and not saying so. But. Very significant bone chewing needs at this time. <laughs> And she's not willing to flex on that at all. And otherwise she'll bug me. So brief pause. So we're back. Taken care of. Mission accomplished, averted, etc. So taking care of business every I, day. I don't want to make people feel like pressured or the episode feel like embarrassed or nervous because we're treating it so differently, you know, like attention freaks some episodes out. So I'm trying to like roll into this as if like nothing's amiss, everything is the same. Except for we just did this giant intro making it a big deal. <laughs> Other than that though. Seamless. Other Seamless. than that, I, I have some things to say. I also have a thing to say. Okay, I'd like you to say your thing first. Okay, but it might lead to spiral discussions because I know us. So just... Uh, don't, don't they all? I mean, hello. We are currently down... We're like, should we turn down that like tree line road there? Oh, there are apple yes. trees. Yeah, we're yeah. going. <laughs> um, first of all, I love an apple tree. Uh, Second same. of all... <laughs> so I was telling Emma about this because it's a real situation in my real life. And I say mm -hmm. that because it's going to sound like a TV plot. Right. And it's very interesting to me, but also I'm like, I have a lot of feelings about it. <laughs> so a person that I know is how I'm going to caveat it. It's not a close friend of mine, but it's a person that I know. Sure. She, she seems to have had a very traumatic past and she therefore is a very people pleasing person, which is fair enough. Like Hello, a, I'm the president, but a lot. Yeah. You could be the tour guide. Um, <laughs> and here of, we have trauma corner, <laughs> but a lot of people like that is, that's very normal. Mm -hmm. That's, that's totally expected. That's fine. So I met her through another person. Okay. And since I've known her, she's very much a like, and I used to be like this, so I think I pick up on it more, but she's very much a like change who she is depending on who she's around kind of person. Gotcha. Um, and she's always treated me, she's always treated me really weirdly, not in a negative way, just like 
she always treats me like I can't handle anything in life because I'm a Christian. She's like, like, she'll be talking about sex, like descriptively what was going on. And I'll be like four feet from her. So within earshot. And then if I turn my head, she'll be like, Oh, Hannah can't hear this. Like, Oh, Oh, Hannah, don't worry. I'll stop talking. And I'm like, girl, you don't know. I didn't grow up under a rock. Like (laughs) I'm not that traumatized by real life that I can't. She just doesn't know that I'm your best friend. So she's just, first of all that, but second of all, like, so I had a conversation with her many moons ago because Mm -hmm. we were on like a group trip and I was like, listen, I don't want you to ever think that I'm judging you because I have a different opinion to you on a lot of things. Now, Yeah. the reason that I have that opinion is because I've been where you are. I've been worse than where you are. And like that, that's where I'm at. So I'm not coming from like a high horse position, like trotting over to be like, Hey, this is how the world works. Don't you know that you silly fool? Like the reason that I have the opinions that I have and the boundaries that I have and the convictions that I have is because I've been on the other side of it. And then some, like I've lived a lot of life and, and so it didn't sink in. So she still treats me with kid gloves, which is, it's honestly fine. Cause it's not a big deal. Uh, but she has been in previously a very traumatic relationship that she got out of and then quickly got into the relationship that she's in now, mm. which in and of itself isn't great. I'm going to give you the whole scenario. And then I want your reaction because I obviously have opinions about this, but sure. I just want to clean storytell and then your feedback. Okay. I am crisscross applesauce. <laughs> crisscross applesauce, ready to go. Raise your fingers if you can hear Hannah. Okay. So, <laughs> quiet coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're ready for children. <laughs> honestly, next time kids show. Oh gosh, can you imagine? No. <laughs> Moving on. So so she's had a few incidents recently like I won't go into the whole story of my understanding of her current relationship or my relationship with her because it would take a long time, probably the whole episode. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But basically she's had a few incidents recently where she's gotten hurt and it's not the first time that it's happened, but it's becoming more frequent. So like maybe within the first four months of me knowing her, she'd like passed out when we were at a public event, which is fair enough. It happens to people, low blood sugar, what have you writes it off. Right. So then it's like a couple months later, she like falls off a ladder. And then like a couple months later, she like, she does something else. There's always, there's always something. Um, and so recently she's had two injuries that are quite severe. So she's basically slammed. She slammed her hand in a car boot, like the, the back door of a car and broke three fingers. Good Lord. And then like a week and a half later, she broke a kneecap. And the week beforehand, we were at a wedding and she wore like a very pretty dress, very conservative to the church ceremony, which is fair enough. And then she came to the evening portion wearing like a very different dress, which it was a cute dress, but it was one of the dresses that is very in vogue right now with like a super high thigh slip Uh and throughout the course of the night she apparently ripped that slit even more because she was dancing and kept showing people how much it was ripped exposing her underwear and she wasn't like wasted um 
And then at one point, potentially she got more drunk, but we were at a bar afterwards, basically like an after party, just, you know, very casual. Mm-hmm. And this is like a local bar. This is not like, you know, you're in London and there's like 50,000 people around you. Like it's five people and half of them are old. Um, so we were standing there and apparently she took off her underwear because they were too tight. Okay. With the thigh slit gap that she was like showing people her punani. And so all of this wrapped together, I find myself in a difficult situation because I have a lot of thoughts and feelings. Love to hear your initial thoughts. And then I'll obviously relay mine. Okay. Is she getting hurt in public? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. I think the majority, no. Okay. Um, My initial thought was abuse at home. So, I mean, I can't explain, you know, her maybe getting hurt in a public space. But if you break multiple bones within a week and a half of each other, I'm suspicious of that. If you're involved with someone or around someone maybe who is the consistent portion of all these injuries. So that's my first thought. And um, as far as the behavior, it sounds like just, I mean, it's a, it's a projection and obviously it's an acting out of some kind uh, based off of an insecurity. Um, I can't explain why if I were, if I've never been in a physically abusive relationship, I can't speak to how I would would react to that. You know, like I saw myself in verbal and emotional abuse and it felt like I was a different person. So who can say, you know, what would happen? But I don't know that my first thought would be to do something that would surely make them angry if I got back to them, but maybe she's trying to push something, you know, some abuse victims say, they try to make it happen when they can feel the storm coming, so to speak, because then at least it's over. Rip the bandaid off. Yeah. So, so my reaction is very different, but it's probably because I know her partner. So, okay. I would never like, I don't want to be that girl. Who's like, he would never do that, but it would be extraordinary to me if I found that out mostly because of her relationship past and how she's dealt with it in this relationship. So she's been very, very open about the fact that she had a very difficult previous relationship. Mm -hmm. And he's been very much like on board with her going to therapy making sure that she has what she needs, dealing with any kind of anxiety responses she has. And he's not an amazing person, but I don't think like my thought on it, I think she has what I would call a pathological need for attention okay. that is causing her to self-harm. So I think what's happening is, so just example, mm-hmm. closing your hand in a car door, I get, I think you could do it pretty easily. Like if you accidentally catch a finger, I get it. Mm-hmm. But with a car boot, like she, like you'd have to reach up to close it. So your other hand resting on the bottom to Seems me would weird. be logistically difficult. And somebody was like, oh, well, maybe she has like a pull down one. And I'm like, it's a lot of mental gymnastics to get this to work out where it just happened. And also and- the pull down ones tend to have a like, because they, they, they don't go fast, you know, when they it's have like a slow that. close. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the kneecap breaking, she says she doesn't know how she did it. Okay. I feel like you would be really aware of that happening. <laughs> so. 
And I'm struggling because all of the people that know her, that know me, mm-hmm. kind of are just walking around it. And that's not who I am as a person. So yeah. my immediate thought is like, she might be endangering herself in order to get whatever reaction she wants out of the people around her. And I'm sensing that this is escalating to a point of like, if you break your own kneecap. That's extreme. extreme. But this is my point is like, my fear is that it's going unchecked because it's being explained away, explained away, explained Mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. Because people know that she's not in an abusive situation right now. Okay. So I think they're taking her word for it that she was genuinely injured because, you know, she had a very difficult previous relationship. Like she has a medical history where she would like have reason to like her. She lives in between her parents and this guy's parents. Like it would make sense to, it would make sense to have something caught or something noticed by people. And it seems as if at least the way that she presents them, it's a very intentional opener of conversations. So the way that I can think it's like, I'm thinking about it like Munchausen's. So like the need for attention and validation and love and connection, if she doesn't feel like it's being met Mm -hmm. is manifesting in if I injure myself, people cater to me. So then there's like a pattern of injuring oneself that seems to be escalating at least in the last little bit. Cause I just don't know how you, like, I still don't know how you do that car boot hand thing. And I don't know how you break your kneecap without knowing. Here's the thing. Um, I have some EMT friends, right? And they are, let's say you're choking you can give yourself the Heimlich essentially, but you have to put extreme force into throwing yourself against an object and it's going to leave a mark. You will probably breathe yourself. Like the idea that you can just casually break your own fingers or your own kneecap, that is, that scares me because that is a level of just, you're so disconnected from reality at this point, it seems, you know, or like you're suffering so much from whatever your internal issue is. Like I used to think when I was sitting in my dad's cult church, like what if I just like broke something? Would it get me out of this? And I still couldn't bring myself to do it. I was like, I was so miserable, wanted to leave at any cost, could not do it. Like I can't make myself hurt myself that way. Well, and typically the only way that you can grievously injure yourself is in a fight or flight response because your adrenaline overrides the immediate pain. So you yeah. can get through it. Like if you're in a hostage situation, you could mm-hmm. break your own arm mm-hmm. to get free, mm-hmm. but sitting there to break your own arm takes either a level of complete lack of sensation or which, which is the nerve disorder, right? or you have basically a small psychotic break (laughs) like it freaks me out honestly and everybody and everybody is just pretending as if i'm I'm saying pretending everybody is speaking to me about it as if it's just run-of-the-mill normal week and i don't know how to like not say i'm pretty sure this is self-harm unless she's in an abusive relationship there's only like and these are the only two options as far as I can tell. But like, 
it would be easier for me to mentally justify that she's self-harming, which should tell you, cause like, I'm, I'm not somebody who's like, oh, guys don't do that. Women get into those situations cause they're dumb. Like never have I ever believed for a second mm-hmm. that any woman could not end up in an abusive relationship. Cause you can, and you mm-hmm. don't know about it. And there's a lot of red flags that go amiss or that aren't even there until like you're already in it sometimes. Right. So it would still take more for me to believe that he was hurting her than that she was hurting herself. What do you think she would do if someone was just like, I think that you did that to yourself. And I think that you need to, to seek help for this behavior. I don't know. Cause like the one hand, super angry, how dare you, you know, the complete denial. On the other hand, it could just like, and I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what it would do because, so this is going to sound like a stupid reference point, Mm -hmm. but the cases that I've seen of this are from Grey's Anatomy. And again, Mm -hmm. it sounds stupid, but like, but I mean, they they do base it off of actual medical phenomena, but the two cases just hear me out. So the one, this girl, woman, this woman is like in her thirties. Mm-hmm. She's named after like a random village in Taiwan. Cause her family travels all the time. Okay. And she's been in and out of hospitals because she has random heart attacks basically. And then full body seizures. Wow. And so they go through this whole workup. They can't find what's wrong with her. They can't find what's wrong with her. And of course she's staying in the hospital, staying in the hospital, staying in the hospital. And they finally figure out that she's taking a pill to induce the seizure because her urine is blue, which she didn't expect as a side effect because they were doing all these procedures on her. So what it is, what ended up being was that she had Munchausen's and she was making herself sick because she felt abandoned by her family. And so she was creating family and hospital connections by being consistently sick. And then the other case was this girl had third degree burns on her hand and she basically was like, oh, I I burned my hand making tea because I was studying for the bar. It was so absent-minded of me, blah, blah, blah. And it'd been the like fifth time that she'd taken the bar. And they asked her a few more questions, a few more questions. And then they were like, oh no, you should definitely be able to take the bar. Like we'll have this bandaged up. Like it's bad, but it's not that bad. And she was like, how much longer would I have had to hold my hand there to be too bad to take the bar? And so they figured it out and they put her on a psych hold because she was obviously self-harming to get out of taking the bar because she felt like she couldn't not take it. And she felt like there was no other way out except to be injured. And so basically, but like her reaction and the other girl's reaction were like, how dare you? I'm not making this up. I'm really like, I really hurt myself or I'm really sick. Like, why would you think that? And then of course, you know, down the line, they kind of crack and they're like, they find the pills or she just is like, I can't fail the bar again. Like I, I can't, you know, and, and I think this is a similar situation, you know, mm-hmm. obviously TV drama aside, I think it's, I'm not getting the attention that I want. And so I know that this will get me attention. I mean, unfortunately, I don't think that anyone, but a doctor or like a licensed psychiatrist could look at her and say, this is why I think you're doing this. And even if she got mad, they'd be like, well, I'm professional. And that's my professional opinion for everybody else. It's conjecture. So. And it's, it's just gonna, it's just gonna piss in the water we need to drink in really, because so, I don't think she's like, we're not close. So it's not like she's going to open up to me. Yeah. I mean, ultimately all, I think all you can really do 
is, I don't know, maybe just tell her boyfriend, like, keep an eye on her. Like, she seems, you know, you know what she went through. Maybe she's going through more than you can anticipate. So, you know, watch it. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, like, I've told my husband, obviously, and he's like, yeah, that would make sense to me. But I just... I feel like a burden of knowledge that I feel yeah, yeah, like yeah. I need to tell someone, but I don't want to make it like a conversational topic around the dinner table kind of thing. Like <laughs> remember that oh, time you way, broke your hand. <laughs> don't you think she's like probably self-harm? Like I just, it's not. Does she have anyone that she's closer to that you also know that you feel comfortable expressing those thoughts to? Potentially one person, but I don't think she's actually close to her. She doesn't have a ton, like she has a couple of close relationships that I know about that are in the same friend group, but not a ton that are deep level. I think ultimately you just wait because it's going to keep happening if it's happening, you know, and eventually it's going to be too much for most people to write off. But that's what I don't like. A lot of it will just be coming down to me praying for her, but I don't, I don't want her to keep hurting herself. Well, of course not. Like, but you can't stop that though. You know, like you're one person yeah. and you knowing potentially the truth is not necessarily going to change her behavior. So until, and, and if you say something, that's not going to stop it either. It might even escalate it because now yeah. she's, um, maybe she's willing to prove something at that point, you know? It might feel like cornering. Yeah. So ultimately, this is kind of one of those things where like a lot of people don't feel, like it's kind of like with stalking. You can't do anything in a lot of cases until something happens. And it's really unfortunate because it just sucks. Like, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's, so, that's the pickle. It is a pickle. If you have thoughts, team, privately send them to us on an Instagram DM. We're not here yeah, to vilify anyone or to shame anyone. We're, it's, it's a place of concern and I don't know, maybe someone out there has seen something like this before and knows well, it a little and, better. And that's why I talked about it on the podcast, because I would have just told Emma privately and just got her advice privately, but it, it's, it hit me that it's very possible that this is something that somebody else might've seen or somebody might not have heard it described this way and it might've struck a chord and, and now a lot of things make sense. And so um, obviously my goal would never be to, to name and shame anybody or to put somebody's personal business out there. But I think there's a lot of situations like this that you kind of see as a bystander and you don't really know what to do. Um, so hopefully mm -hmm. this is helpful in some way. I mean, Munchausen's is a crazy cry for help in its own way. You know, people just don't, it's, it's I don't think you realize because it. So. The lack of love has gotten so deep in that person. Mm -hmm that like sickness is the only solution to them. Right. Which like that's perpetuated trauma over time. That right. That's big. And we don't mean that people with Munchausen's are crazy. It's just, we just mean it's, it's, it's major as far as responses. It's a disorder. Trauma so it, it's, it's not anybody's fault. It's, no. it's a neurochemical and psychological issue mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. it's it's not like oh well they handled that badly and you know i think that most people didn't hear about it until uh aditi's case came out and yeah. you know that one was the just this huge insight into the world of munchausen's that and it was by proxy so it was a little different but if she hadn't had a daughter she probably would have induced it on herself so you know um it's real and it happens and maybe it's closer than we think so let's look out for each other yeah so uh i'll i'll bring in a different 
story. I told you it was here. Crazy. I told you. Um, because we have a, we have not a heavy, just maybe we're a more insightful episode for the 50th, mm. you know. Um, well, but, but we're us and we make it just a, a little heap of fun, just a little sack full of like funziness. But I, I wanted to comment on something that really, really, really bothered me. And we all, we all Very know. on brand. <laughs> Shockingly, I'm annoyed. So, um, I think we all know the pick me trope. We've most, most of us experienced it. Most of us, at least for women, you are a pick me girl at some point in your life. Typically, yeah, I would say it's in your preteens to early, early 20s. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, early 20s. It, it can start, maybe even end sometimes in middle school. But because you're trying to find your way societally, you know, and trying to make your mark as a woman, you tend to have a lot of internalized misogyny. And that's not your fault. It's cultural. It's we're conditioned to be that way. So it's okay. What's important is that we break out of that and we stop criticizing other women for existing in an attempt to make ourselves better by proxy, which some people are not so successful at. So anyway, one attitude that just drives me insane and tends to be later 20s girls that exhibit this. And that is maybe not so much later 20s. I would say mid 20s, maybe you you stop acting this way a little bit, but it's the idea of, oh, I would never want such and such engagement ring. Like I hate- I know what you're talking about. I hate this attitude of like, oh, so like, because you want like a decent engagement ring, that means you don't love your partner. Like I would never want a diamond. You know, like, fine, don't get one then. Hopefully your partner knows you well enough to get you what you want. But I want a three carat circle cut diamond on a solitaire band. That's what I want. And I, I'm just so annoyed by this, like, in, it's, 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 um, how do I describe it? It's just this holier than thou attitude about like, oh, well, we only, it was like a comment that I was reading. Well, my fiance only spent 300. My fiance got me a whole, a placeholder ring and told me I could pick whatever I want, but I loved it so much that I kept it. It was a $20 Walmart ring. Like great for you. I'm so happy that you loved your ring. That's where the, that's a hard stop in the conversation. Why are we saying anything else? Drives me crazy. I was one of those girls and I still am one of those girls who loves diamonds on other people. Mm -hmm. Don't like diamonds on me. Like Mm -hmm. I've never wanted a diamond engagement ring. I don't have a diamond engagement ring. Like, but I don't think I see what you're saying. Like it's used as like a judgment factor rather than a difference of opinion, because it's quite easy to go. Yeah. I wouldn't want a diamond personally. I would rather have an emerald or I'd rather have a blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And instead it becomes this like, Oh, you want a diamond? You're so basic. Mm. Right. Or like, Oh, your, your husband, I would so much rather be spent on something else. And I'm like, that's great for you. But unfortunately for me, I have deep rooted insecurity and he only spends 20 bucks on my engagement ring. I have a problem with that. Due to COVID and 9-11, not accepting it. (laughs) Honestly, and I don't feel like it's really that out of the question to expect some level of financial effort from your partner. I think it's just such a personal thing that other people don't need to get involved in. Right. Like- you should spend what you're comfortable with, right? Like, yeah, you should never Some expect people your are partner. not super comfortable with wearing something expensive. So I have a friend who intentionally got moissanite instead of a diamond because okay. very uncomfortable wearing expensive jewelry. And, and I think that's valid. And I think it's valid if you want to spend a crazy amount of money. And I say crazy, like I've never held the amount of money, not like it's crazy for you to spend that, mm-hmm. but like a I mean, large amount of money. <laughs> 
you know, like, and I, I personally would never want a colored gemstone for an engagement ring because just to me, it doesn't feel like an engagement ring when I wear it. This is not me saying Hannah's ring isn't legitimate because it's she a sapphire. She loves my ring for me. Not, it's, right. It's fine. So, <laughs> so I just, I don't understand this inability of women to just accept that like, okay, well, because maybe your partner spent five grand on your ring. That speaks to me as like, Someone criticizing that maybe has an insecurity about how much your ring costs in comparison to theirs. I think it just doesn't need to be compared. Like it, it's just one of those stupid it things need to that be said, women you know? like that women tend to harp on when they are either engaged or married or single. And there seems to be this like weird back and forth, but it's not usually people who are in a dating relationship who are like, but have you seen blah, blah, blah. Like it's always people on one side of the spectrum and they're always talking to each other. And I just, I don't, I just think it's a stupid thing to compare. It's like waistlines. Like Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with you. What size waist she has or what size you know, jeans she's wearing. Like, it's just not relevant to any conversation that could be had. It's, it's not helpful. It's not giving advice. No one asked, no one needs to know, like the amount that you spend with your partner on your engagement ring is your business and anybody that you choose to tell, but it's not necessarily something that you need to whip out like a tax record. Like people just don't need to know. And if people are so concerned about it, like start a blog, honey, mm-hmm. just like blog it out, blog I mean, it ultimately, out. Ultimately, like, I don't really want to know, you know, because I, I don't, because in, in an ideal situation, you don't care, first of all. And second of all, you're, you're aware of the finances between the two of you and yeah. you are confident that they bought something that they can both afford. And that is within their price range. You know what I mean? Like it's not, they didn't go cheap and they didn't go crazy expensive. Yeah. They bought, they, this is Goldilocks. I will tell two stories that I think are relevant because it's really about me. <laughs> all the best things about us. Free me. Um, no. Speaking of me, actually. <laughs> so stealing a line from Emma's autobiography. <laughs> I'm just here sweating. Mm. So, but so one of um, when my husband and I were engaged, one of his colleagues was asking, you know, oh, you know, how, how much did, how much did you buy the ring for? Mm -hmm. Where'd you get it? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And he was telling him, you know, it's two guys having this conversation, which I think is very comical because most guys (laughs) don't care. I can't think of them caring. Okay. But they do. And so he, you know, he said about how he didn't go into like graphic gory details, but he was like, this is about how much, this is where we got it from. Cause we got it from James Allen in New York. So it had to be shipped and it's a whole thing. So he, his colleague was like gobsmacked. He was shocked. And he was like, what? And, and he, Luke was like, yeah, that's how much I spent. Why do you think it was too much? And he goes, you have the best fiance in the world. Normally it's three months rent is the expectation or three Mm. months salary, depending on which is, which is the expectation. And Luke told me, and he was like, I was on the ground. I could never <laughs> believe that, that was a real thing. And I was like, and it wasn't even me telling you. Cause I was saying to him, I'm like, I really like this ring. And I also think it's a good value for money. And he was like, what are you talking about? Like, it's a rock for your finger. There's no value for money. And so I was like, no, genuinely the expectation for a lot of people is like three months salary or three months rent on the ring. And 
there was a couple that got engaged quickly after us that we know through a friend of a friend, you know, the whole, the whole world who's engaged apparently knows each other, but I I know them through a friend of a friend and a family member of hers told me how much he spent. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like could have bought a car. Jeez. Not like a secondhand car. Like could have walked out of the dealership with Could a he, brand new car was he able to easily afford that nope. interesting okay okay homie put it on a credit card on a credit card no. on a credit card like i was like <laughs> like hyperventilating he, for him <laughs> this is and, and i don't want us to come across as judgmental because once again what you and your fiance decided to do as far as your maybe they had agreed like this is the ring credit card like you do you but it it's, it's up to you, but it's just, it's funny that people feel like very passionately about it. Cause I'm like, these to me are just anecdotes. They don't need to be huge sticking points of judgment. Like, mm-hmm. right. I mean, I, I hope that when you decide to marry someone, you are both comfortable enough expressing your expectations as far as pricing goes, not just on engagement rings, but on homes and weddings and vacations and children, you know, like you need to be on the same page with these things. And if your fiance looks at you and says, for these logical reasons, I'm not comfortable spending more than 2k on a ring, you know, I think that that's like perfectly valid. Um, If you guys are on a tight budget and neither of you earns much money and you want to spend $50, good for you. It's just, but it's between the two of you and nobody else, you know? And if there's a problem with the, their idea, their vision and yours, hopefully you're comfortable enough to have that discussion. Like if my fiance was like, how does a ring pop sound? I'd be like, okay, I love you, but I will say no. But for you, it's not it's not just materialistic. Like there is a level of materialism that you want a specific look and you want a specific thing, but it's which, about which the, can be achieved without spending buttloads of money, but it's about the demonstration of enduring commitment for you. So the right. reason that you're committed to a higher price point is that you believe that the person is therefore more invested in you. So it's less about the actual trinket that is at the end of it. And it's more about, I can tell that you're invested in our relationship because you are willing to financially invest in our relationship. Mm-hmm. It, it makes total sense to me why you think that. And I, I, you know, I wanted a specific thing. And so I found a specific thing. I wasn't worried about the price point, but I was more concerned about the timeline of our engagement. So I think it just depends couple to couple, mm-hmm. but I will also say if you're not an engagement ring person, you don't want an engagement ring. That's also so fine. I think yep. a lot of people now are going sans engagement ring and just like living life. And I, I think again, you know, we've said it a million times, but do whatever you want to do. I don't think anybody should have, I don't think anybody has grounds to judge you for mm-hmm. whatever your choice is. I will say I'm sussed by people that choose not to wear wedding rings. I find that very strange. Oh, interesting story. We are never getting to our actual episode. <laughs> We're so interesting close. Interesting <laughs> story. We're so close. So I was telling my mother-in-law about, so my husband works in agriculture and he often doesn't wear his wedding ring because he works with machinery. So it's very it's dangerous yep, yep, and yep. it doesn't make any sense for him to wear it to work and he doesn't want to lose it. So he wears it as and when, but he often forgets about it anyway. So I told, obviously my husband and I had a previous conversation about this, So listen, (laughs) but I was, but I was telling my mother-in-law, it's a very different thing in the States. If you don't wear a wedding ring, she's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, 
if you don't wear a wedding ring in the States, it's, it's typically, you know, there are exceptions in job fields and that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. It is typically an invitation to people to hit on you because you are obfuscating the fact that you're married. Mm -hmm. So if you choose not to wear a wedding ring, and this may be our military background, like this may be just something that is that culture that is eking out, but I think it's more broad than that, but it, it is an intentional choice that you are opening a door that is basically like, feel free to hit on me because I'm not taken or you can't tell that I'm taken. And it, it intentionally is a demonstration that you're not committed to your partner. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I said that my mother-in-law's draw jaw hit the ground, she was like, what in, in Europe, it's totally not that thing. Like people just guys just don't wear wedding rings. Sometimes women don't wear wedding rings. Sometimes like it does not matter at all. It, it's not an indication of availability. And I was like, that's really culturally refreshing, but that's why it was very personal to me and something I had to get used to about Luke's job because of the cultural expectation that I'd come in with that if you were not wearing a wedding ring is because you were trying to like get some on the side. Mm-hmm. You know, it's up, it's obviously each couple's decision. I do know couples who like neither of them wear rings and they're perfectly comfortable with that. And they they trust each other completely like, okay, that's fine. But for me, regardless of culture, whoever I marry, I need them to understand about myself that like you're neglecting to wear this ring. I don't own you. It's not an ownership thing. It's, it's your, it's a disrespect to me, you know, like that's how I feel about it. Now jobs aside, I'm talking like social circles. You're out, you're about, you're not working. You have every availability to wear this ring and you're not wearing it. Yeah. I'm going to dinner, you know, you're not rewiring a nuke. I'm, and unless maybe if I'm with you, maybe it's not a huge deal. But if you if I if you go out and I look at the counter and I see your wedding ring on it, I'm gonna have a problem with that. Like I feel very uncomfortable with that. Well, and again, it's it's about the demonstration of commitment, not about the specific thing itself. Right. So, <laughs> so we should get into the episode. So, um, now that we have talked about all the serious topics of the day, and honestly, reasons I've why looked I'm over single, the questions. <laughs> they're they're pretty light (laughs) they're not they're not super deep super duper okay so um wow guys welcome 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 what would we be as a podcast if we didn't immediately dip you into our deepest trauma and (laughs) the most open wounds that we're dealing with as people am i an insecure individual absolutely (laughs) yeah obviously (laughs) hello have you met me yes do penguins look like they're wearing little tuxedos yeah <laughs> isn't that the point <laughs> yeah so um welcome once again to the transcontinental tea welcome to the 50th tea the 50th transcontinental tea we love to see it we love to have you welcome to the 50th extravaganza extravaganza darling there's there's confetti there are banners it's all metaphorical the it's dj sound that's like beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> and then like <laughs> michael jordan breaks out a little bunny is there oh we're in space jam we didn't know <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so anyway i am emma i am hannah and we who would we be if we didn't theme the episode to be honest <gasps> who would we be as people who among us would not theme their episode like five oh five zero. Who even is she? Honestly, honestly. So Hannah, 
did us the favor, as she always does, of finding a resource for the episode because we're going to do a little tit for tat for you guys. You know, I love being Game Master here on the TCT. And all I can say is Seneca Crane aired in two ways. One, he wore really ugly suits. And two, he did not take full advantage of the fact that his beard had flames with his name. His name did not reference flames in any way. That's I would true. have legally changed it. He should have had birds. If we're going to be honest with ourselves. Yeah, Crane. Hello. <laughs> so oh. yeah. We are going to be doing 50 questions and it is a self-knowledge quiz. So obviously we're going to score really low. Interesting. <laughs> but it's, it's basically just thought-provoking questions. So in an endeavor to keep this under three hours, we'll try to answer each one individually. But knowing us as you do, it's a low, it's a low expectation that that'll happen. We'll probably say something about yes, each question. Silly geese. Go back in the pond. Get on back to the pond. Also, I've said it to at least five people since I heard about it's it. So good. And like, not one has come back with anything viable to say. Fried shrimp. Fried shrimp. Also, valid, valid contenders within the same realm. Silly geese behavior. That is so mm-hmm. silly goose of you. SG all the way. So SG. And I think potentially. We will speed through our tea of the week so that we can get into the larger oh, right. portion. <laughs> we still have those. <laughs> no. So we'll do we'll do a super sippity sip, quickity sip, and we'll just tell you a little bit about our lives, and then we'll dive straight into the sip on this portion okay. that you've all come to know and love for fifty episodes. Oh my goodness gracious! I thought I wasn't gonna be emotional. I thought I was gonna cry. Okay. Bring it in, Easy A. So here's the earth. Here's the earth. It's round. It's like a zero. We could not get through an episode. No, we can't. So what is going on in your life? Just a quick little elevator speech. Give us the updates. Well, um, this yippy yappy dog in my building. You probably can hear it right now. Um, very tiny. Thus very far, yappy. my dogs are the largest of the bunch. And speaking of dogs, today I walked mine further than we have gone before. Good job. I think so. <laughs> basic care. Woo, I did it. <laughs> um, but normally I'll walk them. So if I if I go up my block and I take a right, there's like a, a curved avenue. And I'll walk them. I can see Yankee Stadium. It's a nice view. I'll walk them over there for mm. a little while. But it's like we've had a heat wave recently, so I don't like to be out for very long. But today I was like, you know, like we've gone on all short walks since I've moved here. Like I'm going to take them a little further today. So what I did was there's this new staircase that cuts you down to the the street that's like sort of like behind us and down mm. and Jackie Robinson Park is along that same road so mm. what I did was I walked him down there you know things are going great we're fine we're vibing and we get to a let me reiterate public park portion mm. the whole park is public you can do whatever you want hold birthday parties hold graduation parties walk your dogs this is all allowed in the realm yoga you can do literally anything you want no one can tell you hey you can't sit there yeah i can so what they also can't tell you is that you can't let your dogs go to the bathroom in certain places so today i had a yelling match with a woman who let me just say new york city has really fostered my need for conflict because someone's always (laughs) 
always trying to be in my business. Someone's always down to fight with you. <laughs> Someone, well, like, because people just enter your business for no reason. So I see these, like, tents, right, and some tarps. They're not set up yet. They're, like, the tents are up, but the tarps aren't. Everything's just sort of there. It actually looks like a leftover from someone's event. So okay. there's a guy across the park with a table full of, like, food, and he's just standing there. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So I let my dogs, like, do their business. And this woman outside of the park, she's sitting on a bench that's along the park, but it's not inside. She turns around, and she, like yells at me yells like so to speak she scolds me for allowing my dogs to go to the she's like can't you see there's an event there so I stood up and I'm at the point in my life where I don't think about what I'm gonna say when I enter conflict it happens with or without me like I just enter it like I'm ready for violence at all times and there's no conscious like this is what I'm gonna say to you it just comes out of my mouth so I was like Oh yeah, look at all of these people around me so disturbed by me walking my dogs over here. And she was like, I'm just saying, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Why don't you come over here and we can talk about how I'm just letting my dogs do their business. You want to talk about it? Come on over here. Let's have a conversation. And it was got it got very verbal. <laughs> and eventually she turned around and I kept going because I'm me. And I was like, wow, look, I have a bag on my hand. Isn't that so crazy that I intend to pick up after my dogs? And then after I picked it up, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like magic. It's gone. That is so crazy. Because I was like, I was mad that you had the audacity to enter my sphere when I'm walking my dogs in a public park. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing here? And the guy that had the food across the way, he, didn't, he was looking at me. I don't know if he was looking at me because he's a man and men tend to just be ogres Disgusting. most yeah. of the time. But he was watching me. He didn't say anything to me. And I picked up my, my, my dog, my bags, and we walked on. I walked by her, and she was like, oh, you think you're so fancy, designer clothes, this, this, and that. I'm in a Zara dress, I just like to point out. It was $30 in flip-flops. And that's it. So I don't know if that's considered bougie. I don't think so, personally. Um, I think Zara's pretty affordable. That's just me. There's like 30,000 of them. I love that you're like, I think it's a pretty affordable price point. So I walk by her and you know how I have REBF all the time and I like played it up for her a little bit and like I had a ponytail so I heard her like you know saying these things. I took it and I, I flipped it and I was like yeah that's right and I kept going and that was my morning so it felt good. I got a nice little adrenaline rush from that because it's so it's otherwise like from where I lived before, I never got to just yell at strangers before. So it's really nice. Anyway, that was my day. Gosh, our lives are different. <laughs> <laughs> I have noticed that like, I did this in the South as well. I tend to put on an affect of where it is that I live because people tend to mess with you less if they think that you're from the area. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say my New York accent is, and it's also, it varies so much borough to borough. So you kind of have to pick one and just run with it. So my grandma was from Brooklyn. So that's the one that I recognize the most. So I tend to put on a Brooklyn affect when I speak to people that I know are locals because I don't have an accent. So that's, I think just part of being a linguist, we talked about this before. It's pretty easy yeah. to slip in and out of different ones. Yeah. Um, it makes total sense to me. I, I've been told by several people recently that I have a hybrid accent. And I was like, thank you so much. Thank you. Just waiting for the day when people stop immediately realizing that I'm from the States. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> so I'm let's not. <laughs> so, okay. What's your, what's your tea? My tea is just like a little, little ketchup. It's much, it's much less 
conflictuous than yours. Um, to be the way. Basically, it's I know it's always a yin and yang. So <laughs> this week is kind of hectic in our house. We are moving. We are getting the keys to our new place, which we love. We're so excited about. And it's just a lot of stress because I'm a control freak. So I'm sure, like sure. immediately in like I have my helmet on. I'm in planning mode. Like, you know, I'm a very player wanting my way through it. Yeah. Very tight, very tight ponytail. Charlie Theron <laughs> moment. Charlie Theron. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's stressful. I feel yeah. the same way that you do before every move, which is there's way too much stuff. There's no way that I'm going to have this all packed and ready to go by the time that I need right. to move. Mm-hmm. And then it happens. You know, you just eventually it works. Just out. crack on and, and you get done and, and it was fine. But it's it is stressful. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's it's exciting. It's an exciting new chapter. I've never owned a home before. My husband has, he owned a home previously, but like huge. And and it's just one of those things that you like, at least for me. I never thought I'd be in a position to buy a home. Like it was never even something that I was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to own a home at some point. I was like, oh, maybe, but I grew up in rentals because Mm -hmm. my mom was a single mom. So like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't have like a massive, like, oh yeah, there's, there's definitely home purchasing in my future kind of an upbringing. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I probably wouldn't have as a single person because Mm -hmm. where do you have just that much cash lying around? Right. And why haven't you spent it at Zara? (laughs) It's only $30 for a dress. It's only $30. It's not designer. So I, yeah. So I'm in the midst of a move. I'm in the throes of the moving process. And it's going well so far. Uh, Don't at me after Thursday, because I will be in a ball of jumbling sadness, confusion, stress. And then Sunday, I'll be fine. It's just Friday, Saturday that I'm just going to be a little cube of destruction. Okay. And yeah. And then, yeah. Oh, oh, I was going to make a uh, extreme home makeover reference. Move that bus. So, (laughs) Which also, by the way, a lot of people like foreclosed on those homes or lost them. Yeah. They all like fell apart. They were built really terribly. That and because they couldn't Mm -hmm. afford the taxes on them. Yeah. Because the house was free, but you still had to pay property tax. You still had to keep up the home. I mean, and these were like, and I, I don't, I don't understand. Like, you love to see like the, they go from this to that, right? They went from tiny one bedroom, five people in one place to, oh, look at this massive four bedroom home. Like what, in, what part of your brain was like, yes, they can afford this when it's done. Well, the part of your brain that's like, yeah, if it was given to you, of course you could afford it. But people don't think about like heating the house cooling the house, mm-hmm. making sure that there's food in the house. Like there's a lot of other expenses besides just a mortgage. And so a lot of people, especially in the, in the throes of a television program are just swept up in the, in the mm-hmm. Cinderella moment. I will say she will, she will. We're doing a couple of DIY projects that I'm very excited about, Okay, but I'm not going to be Instagramming it because I think it's gross. I don't like when I mean, I'm not, you guys know me. I'm not a huge social media person apart mm-hmm. from like my private Instagram for my actual friends that I know. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't have a public Instagram and Emma is like literally seizing right now because that's her entire life. I'm fine. It's fine. But, <laughs> but the point being like, 
my brother and sister-in-law are very Instagrammy people and I love it for them. Mm-hmm. I just, it's not something I will say joy. I'm not criticizing them, but I think the idea of making Instagram for a baby is insanity. Wait until you're pregnant. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not. I, okay. I refuse. I absolutely refuse to. Uh, I haven't even made one for my stenographer? dog. So. Stenographer? Can we just Please bold it. it Set it out to the people. Put it in my contract because I haven't even made one. Put it in the contract. Who are my life? So if I won't do it for them, I'm not doing it for a baby. Absolutely not. Okay. I'm not. mm -mm. Also, I think that, and they, I wouldn't say that they're. This is an issue for them. A lot of people post photos of their children so flippantly without really considering the type of people that are online. And I just think that that needs to be the people are like on their dating profiles, put their kids up there. Like it's nothing. And I'm like, you really should like think about the logistics of well, this. And yeah, like my brother and sister-in-law's baby Instagram page is private. So right. they have to know mm-hmm. you to follow it. Like it's, it's not a, you know, public Instagram account that just anybody could follow. And I think people do need to think about that because especially mm-hmm. like Facebook, people are like, Oh, well, I'm only friends with my friends. But if you Google your name, your mm-hmm. Facebook profile pops up. So right. theoretically pictures that you're posting are potentially unsafe. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just food for thought y'all. We're not judging you. We're just suggesting things like safety. In conclusion, I'm not making a house Instagram. So sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I visit, I'll surreptitiously take photos and be like, look and post them to my Instagram. Yeah. So you'll see Emma on my couch. You'll see Emma walking up my stairs with her hair kind of turned backward. And <laughs> you were there the whole time. I did not expect oh my you to be gosh. What a surprise. I love a fanded moment, a fake candid. I'm about that yeah. life. They that's are the your, best photos. That's your autobiography. Fanded. So, um, okay. I guess we're ready for our self thought provoking moment stuff. We are. And as this is a quiz, I think it would only be right to sure. play both the very illustrious Wendy intro. Sure. Along with the quiz opener because we're 50, y'all. Five zero. All right. Wendy, are we going Wendy first or second? What do we want to do? Wendy first. Okay. Bring it in, Wendy. The tea is exceptionally good today. <laughs> Who made this? Mmm, very delicious. Never gets old, let me tell you. It just makes me happy every time. I think every I just, single time. And dance more violently every single time that we do. <laughs> yeah, like literally half the time I'm like, but I was trying not to shake and like slap stuff around because you have to be unmuted when you're sharing sound. So I'm like, <laughs> shut up, shut up, dance quietly. Quiet I'm like, dancing. 
Have you ever seen those? Like, I love when I see brackets where it's like thoughtful trap or sensitive soul on like TV programs when you're using <laughs> no, like subtitles. <laughs> I've seen some like on Hoarders are some really like funny ones that they play. And side note, I love hoarders. Like I'm fascinated by hoarding. I have actually my old apartment complex when I was packing, I got up and I have to like, I have a step stool, but my curtains were like really high. So I still had to like, I had to climb on the windowsill to unscrew the curtains. And I looked over and I got one down. I looked across the way kind of up and I saw the kitchen of one of my neighbors and all you could see was stuff, <gasps> just stuff everywhere. And I was like, Oh my God, I want to go over there. I want to go over and ask to see inside. I'd be like, is this your mail? <laughs> Sorry, my neck hurts. Is this... Mm, I just, just need stretching. to verify the address. <laughs> I just need to check inside and make sure that this is indeed... Oh, it's on the door. Sorry, my bad. I thought it'd be inside on the wall. I don't know how addresses work. Well, I'm new in town. <laughs> so anyway, here you go. Madison for me. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye. <laughs> so anyway... I lived near a hoarder this whole time and didn't even know it. So what a missed opportunity. I know. But I mean, people have been living in some of these buildings for literal like decades. So, yeah. And someone told me like, oh yeah, my mom pays 300 bucks in rent. And I'm like, rent control. Excuse me. How long do I have to live in a building to achieve such rent? It's been 84 years. Honestly, I'm in a rent stabilized building, which means that they can never raise my rent above 2,500 ever. Yeah, I yeah. know. It's 17. Yay! Legally, the landlord can raise it. It's like a certain percentage that they can raise it every single year. Up until they hit. If you're stabilized, up until they hit a certain point. Other than that, though, they could like keep going if they wanted to. And so when we're going to talk about gentrification, let's get mad at the right people. Let's get upset at the people who make us pay rent. They are the problem. They are the problem. So, Han, do you have the quiz at hand? I do. It okay. is to hand. And basically, the title is 50 Questions to Help You Find Your Best Self. Uh-oh. First of we all. love our best selves. First um, of all. I have been here. Thank you so much. Second of all, best self implies that any other version of myself is less best, which is dumb. And I'm grievously offended by that implication. Yeah. So, the intro is very bloggy and... I personally feel victimized by it. Do you feel lost? You haven't been happy in a while, and maybe you aren't exactly sure what actually makes you happy. And are you in a safe space right now? <laughs> I am in a safe space, but it's in italic. So I just feel like oh, it's yeah. about me. Ooh, it's also yeah. in like Comic Sans or something. Uh, it's definitely Sansy. Mm, okay i'm getting a sansy vibe okay but then she makes a grammar error so it's fine okay we're back we're back to reality there has been plenty of times where i found myself wondering okay it hurts a little but i'm gonna i'm gonna move past it and if you don't see the error let us know and we'll and we'll tell you it's like the color pages where you look at for the you look for the differences and you're like find the five differences between the shop and this yeah, box yeah, and this yeah. box mm -hmm. yeah one mm -hmm. of them is always flowers there's always flowers moving in between mm -hmm. okay 50 questions we're finding our best selves we're in a journey we're moving journey. forward we're vibing it's positive progress we love progress it's a journey meanwhile our donald tumber impressions do not get better um mine was bernie sanders thank you so much Oh, sorry. <laughs> when, since when is Trump Jewish? I'd like to know. 
No, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. I was like, <laughs> is he? I actually have no Am idea. Am I the drama? I love that audio so much. I think it's from like a um, drag show episode. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm the drama. I Maybe the I drama? am the drama. No, I'm not the drama. Okay. Dan. What do I love about my life? You asking me? Yeah, I am. Okay. What do I... you love about your life? I love that I'm the one living it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that an alien hasn't taken over my body today. Super fond it's going of that. Great. <laughs> um, uh, Fox News, is that you? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Who's an alien? <gasps> Live interview request. It's <laughs> the Kool Aid Man breaking through my door. Um, oh no! I I like that. I was brave enough to make moves that I would have thought were impossible if you had asked me three years ago. Yeah, 100%. I'm going to avoid and 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 my mom, because she, like, she mad supports me through, like, like, she has, I mean, like, other than playing both parents when I was growing up, because, other until Hal, Hal was a great father, still is a great father figure, Um, you know, and I love my dad, but, like, we we are aware of some shortcomings, you know, and no, no parent is perfect, and it's really weird when you humanize your parents, like, when you reach the age where you're like, oh, right, (laughs) like, they're people who are flawed, that's very strange, um regardless of that she's still like she's like my best friend so love you mom anyway sentimental moment over (laughs) back to our usual depression so we cynicism (laughs) cynicism brought to you by the tct we are going to try to avoid the trap of answering every question twice so i'm gonna move on got it proactively what i would have said right right to the next one so what do I feel like my life is missing and how can I get more of what I need? I have a funny answer and a legit answer. Money. I feel like my life is missing money. <laughs> and if people would start giving me money, <laughs> Not just the I government. could get more of what I need. Anybody. It could be literally anybody. anybody. Literally. I yes, I know. So, so my legitimate answer is I think I need more I think I need more intentional space where I'm present in a situation and not going from the next thing to the next thing to the next thing Mm -hmm. because I'm a very busy person so it's very easy for me to just like get things done check 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 tick box tick box through the week and not really be present in the moments I'm in and be more thinking about like what do I need to do next how can I finish this early Mm -hmm. what do I need to get through Mm -hmm. so it's it's not always conducive to me being present. And I think that, yeah, having more time where I'm intentionally present, where I'm focused on what I'm doing in the room and where I'm enjoying the experiences that I've scheduled into my week. So (laughs) I get that. Moss presence and more presence also. Also presence. Presence. Gifts, so to speak. All right. Emma June, where do you want to be in five years? Paris. Not just in Paris, which by the way, I get a lot of like, I get the same reaction from everyone when I tell them that I want to live in Paris. It's like this disdain of like, why France? And I'm like, I know exactly what kind of tourist you are as soon as you say that to me, but. (laughs) I'm, I'm going to be unpopular here. I'm going to, I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to be the guy. If you're American and you have a negative opinion about Paris, I don't care. Here's also why. That. One, you probably haven't been there. 
Two, if you have been there, you probably didn't speak French. And three, if you have been there and you did speak French, you probably liked Paris. Yeah, I'm, I can't imagine anyone, go, unless you're one of those people, which we have known people like this, who romanticize it in your head. You know, just like. And yeah, you, and you so, want it to be like a Disney movie and it's not a Disney movie. No, it's a city where there's trash and homeless people and it's sad and that's the reality. And so. little red tattoos. I will say, I think the subway rats are super cute. Like, I, I don't want to touch them, but I do think they're cute. Uh, in person, don't find them cute. Would like to be in a different location. Like, on a TV screen or, like, theoretically, <laughs> super cute. <laughs> there was this one quick anecdote, I promise. Like, my only my only one you're funny um where i was in the subway i was i was on thursday my friend and i went to a mozart symphony um in in the west side and i was going home i'm on the platform and i see a, i see a rat crawl up and i'm like oh you know what's up dude he's just vibing he's doing his thing he's actually like walking along the subway like the tile lines very straight and i'm like he's doing a rat. sobriety test That's great. yeah <laughs> um but then he like everyone just like it was so funny because all, all these people who like live here just like turn and watch this rat and we're all just like watching it together and it was just like a really nice like bonding moment amongst the people like, um, we're all from the same cesspool look at us <laughs> so anyway um paris france working for ideally the un but i would pretty much accept any position like i would be a waitress in france like that's i want to live there so bad i would accept any menial job i don't care I know we said this in our like little town's big moves episode, but what a flashback moment, but I would say this to anybody. I think, you know, where you want to live based on how much you love the place, not the job opportunity specifically that's there. Mm -hmm. Like I said, and Emma can attest to this before I moved to the UK, I was like, I would literally work at a Starbucks if it meant that I could live there because I don't care about the job. I care about where I'm living. I care about the place. Mm -hmm. That's the investment. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't really care if I have to work as a bank teller, as a post worker, like I, mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. care. I don't now, care. like I have an, I, I have a career I'd like to be in, like yeah. I have ambitions, you know, and I do, but it was the same with this New York move. I was like, I will go anywhere. I don't care. I applied to like 15 schools. I was like, take me. I don't care. I just want to, I just want to be there. So take me. take me. So anyway, that's where I see. I love that. Love that for you. Love that for me. Love that for everybody in the room. (laughs) Who are the people in my life that make me the happiest? I'm going to answer this in a nice way because I could just make a list and that's boring because you don't know them more than likely other than Emma, you know, you know, (laughs) number one, (laughs) it means unfortunately for Emma, it's Luke. It's Luke. (laughs) Number two. Thanks. Yeah. You're saying that is true, and I have a major problem with that. I am insecure. You know this. So if you become friends with Emma or if you are friends with Emma, the best, most entertaining thing in the world is when she says something that's self-affirming where she's like, yeah, it's a good thing that we're best friends. It's a good thing I'm your best friend. And you just go, right, right. And she's like, it's not funny. (laughs) She loses it. It's so entertaining. So anyway. So yeah, Emma is very important to me. She's definitely one of the people in my life that makes me the most happy. And this is just a little like, be moment for you just like love you uh the people in my life who make me the happiest generally are people who are grounding for me because I'm a I try to be a very grounded person Mm -hmm. so people who are like oh my god should we like totally go to the mall and then like blow off Starbucks and instead get like a major sushi dinner 
for me, those are not the people for me. They don't, they, don't feed they, me. they play their part. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're fun on a Saturday evening, but like, they're not the people in my life that I'm calling when I need something, when right. that I'm investing into friendships with, you know, they're, they're nice people that I enjoy being acquaintances with, but they would not be in the deep circle of emotion mm-hmm. that I would consider my inner circle of friendship. Correct. Um, another key quality for me is the ability to hear my perspective on things because it's, it's really, really hard on me when I don't feel heard or when I don't feel like I'm getting my point across or I feel like I'm being misunderstood. It's really difficult for me. Um, I'm a huge clarity fan. I love clarity. Clarity is kindness. We know this, we love her. So people who know me, who can hear what I'm saying and who can interpret how I'm feeling are so beneficial and enriching to me. And I'm sure for most people, um, And then finally, I would say the other key quality is the ability to be my true self because Emma and I are not, and and this is one of the reasons that I think we work really well as best friends is like, Mm -hmm. we're not every day, twice a day at 2 PM kind of people. Like if we don't text every day, it doesn't diminish our friendship. And it really feeds me for people like that because I'm an introvert. So I need alone time. I need space where I'm not sitting on my phone or if I am sitting on my phone, I'm doing whatever I need to do. I'm not constantly in communication with other people. I need some alone brain space. Mm -hmm. So having friendships, having relationships where I can kind of communicate what I need to communicate and Mm -hmm. communicate with them in a healthy way, but not every five seconds all the time constantly is really good for me. Um, I'm pretty sure we're not going to get through all 50 of these. I would just like to point out. (laughs) So you can see my point. (laughs) Should we so it at like 10? I think, I think they got the idea of 50 and we'll you just guys understand the significance in fives. So we'll do 10 questions, but just imagine that there were 40 more. And if you want the 40 extra, let us know and we'll do an episode. Oh, we'll do it. We'll do it. Because I'll try to scroll through the 100%. We would sit here for like ever 18 hours. It. We would absolutely yeah. do it. I will, I will scroll through the highlights. So what are you afraid to do? That's a good one. Hmm. Uh, afraid to do. I mean, I have a general surface fear of looking foolish. So I don't like to do new things. A lot of the time. Not, I like doing new things. I don't, I don't like to do things that are going to put me in a public light. You know, so like I went paintballing the other day and I was nervous in a way of like, what if everyone else has like done this before and they're really good at it? And then there's like me who is like crap. Turns out I'm pretty good at it. But I'm just saying like, I have a general sort of fear of looking foolish. That's where a lot of my fear, so, so, so-called so fear derives from. But in general, I think I'm mostly afraid of probably just being... I feel like I put on a great front of being vulnerable to people, but I will say that most people don't really know me. And there are obviously exceptions, like Hannah is one, um, a couple of my other friends, maybe, for the, like parts of me anyway. But maybe just like getting into like another serious relationship, I think I have a deep-rooted fear of that, even though I put yeah. myself out there a lot. I think there's part of me that is like, I'm very, I think that's why dating apps are so appealing because they're so surface. And I know like, I don't have to be invested in these people. And I, I like the idea of possibility more than I like the idea of a person. So, and that's, and I know why it's because I don't feel comfortable 
um, committing myself to somebody else again after what I've experienced. So, I mean, like, I don't, I don't lose sleep over it. And if it happens, like, I'm not going to actively fight it, but it, it will be very difficult for me. So, yeah. Yeah. I love you. I'm glad I you love you too. Oh, my hand. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm going to take a negative question because I feel like you've had a lot of deep ones and then I'll give you a nice uplifting one. Okay. What are three negative mindsets that I need to let go of? Some of them are going to be stupid because they're my negative mindsets. So they're allowed to be stupid because they're <laughs> because they're mine. <laughs> I own them. You and asked. I, I answered. They're patented. So mine. Why don't you go to the pond? If you're going to be yeah, like a goose. <laughs> so uh, the number one thing that comes to my mind immediately, and Emma's probably going to laugh when she hears it, is my arms are fat. I need to just build a bridge and get, get over, it. over it. Literally, it's the dumbest insecurity, but here's the insecurity for those who maybe you're feeling the same way. I have more muscular body type in general. I tend to carry weight in my limbs, not in my center. And that is normal. And as we said last week, if you're eating the right amount of food, your body looks the way it's supposed to look. You know, it if you're eating a healthy amount of food for you and your body changes shape, that's the way it's supposed to be. So I feel insecure because I was taught from a young age by multiple input sources that thinness equals goodness, thinness mm. equals worthiness, blah, blah, blah. So my, my, for some reason, the thing that I always notice in pictures, the thing that bothers me the most looking at my wedding pictures, I talked about this before on the podcast, I don't like the way my arms look. I don't, I don't enjoy them. And then I'm like, you have arms, you have arms that work. How dare you be annoyed at them for having a shape? So that's a stupid mindset that I need to let go of. I, I would also say, uh, the second thing that I need to let go of as a mindset is that everything's about me. And what I mean by that is Emma's like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so if I interact with someone that I know, so I don't, I don't do this with strangers usually, but sometimes if I interact with someone that I know and they're like brusque or they're like, Hey, how are you? I immediately assume that it's about me. They are upset about me. They are miffed at me. They, they don't understand why I did something. They're angry and they're not telling me about it or with a stranger. If they are in a terrible mood and they like flip me off in the car. It's about me. I've done something wrong. It's not. Usually it's not 99.9% of the time. It's not. It is. And me, it's me. So that, that's yeah. always me. <laughs> Other than Emma, it's always about her. So <laughs> no, I mean, like in the car, it's definitely probably me. That's probably. Why yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, but I, I take things really personally and it's a, it's a huge problem for me that I really want to work on and I'm taking steps, but it's something that I'd love to just absolutely drop and let go of. Like everything that occurs is not a personal insult or personally tethered to you. And that's, that's definitely something I would let go of. The other thing that this is my third. Now, the third thing that I want to let go of is that I have to have a perfect image in order to live the life that I want. Like it, I'm very sometimes image focused on like, oh, I want to make sure that I look really put together. I want to make sure that my face looks really good. I want to make sure that my house looks really good. I want to make sure all these things look really good. And you might think that that would manifest in social media. For me, it doesn't. For me, it just manifests in my day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. But 
the need to, you know, wear the right thing and, and go the right places and, and do the right thing. There's still a little bit of that in me. There's less than there used to be, but there's still some. And I, I would just like to not care what other people think because ultimately wasting your time worrying about the approval of men is, is stupid. And I just mean like human beings by men, like worrying about other people's opinions is useless. Mm-hmm. I think probably more people than you expect would relate to those because I have, I felt and experienced all of those. I mean, the second one, like it's very intentional. So <laughs> I don't know if it's a flaw, but the first one, like I, all the time, I'm like, when I'm, when I'm shopping in particular, blouses don't fit me the way that they fit a lot of other women because I have a very muscular body and they're not designed to, which is clothes fault. It's not your fault. It's, it's clothes fault for not. Yeah fitting a a broader back or larger arms or broader shoulders you know which I have all three of so (laughs) super whammy but yeah um so hopefully some of you people um out there relate relate to that yeah okay um I'm gonna do two in a row for you and then I'll close off with one for me okay what are five things that you love about yourself (laughs) only five (laughs) okay let me count the ways well, okay. I'm going to try and do both surface and sentimental because I think we need a good mix of vanity in this world. And yeah. so I'll start with like, oh, I love my eyes and I always have. So um, yeah. having blue eyes has always been like, I don't know if it's just because there's so many like songs about it. But I'm just always, I've been always very proud of that. Um, let's see what else. Um, I think and this sounds, it sounds vain to say some of these, but like, I think that I have a selflessness about myself when it comes to the people that I care about. And I'm, I'm very proud yeah. of that trait. And it's, it's too much. I think you do though. And I think that people who are in close relationships with you would say the same thing, you know? Yeah. I think if you don't know me and you hear me say that, you're like, oh yeah, sure. You're so selfless. Like, you're like, but- I'm the most humble. <laughs> I would say. So humble. I'm not, that's not one of my traits. I'm not humble. Yeah. And I know it. The Lord humbles me at the most inconvenient times. Let me tell you. So, um, it's to my detriment sometimes to be selfless, but I'd rather be that than be any other kind of way. So, yeah. and, and suffer for it from some, some, sometimes. Um, let's see what else. I, I like that. I feel like I bring a lot to the table when I am in relationships. I, I feel often that I bring more than my partner, which could be bad. It could mean nothing. It just depends on your outlook. But I, I feel that I'm very well-rounded. And as far as like socially, education-wise, what I've held as far as jobs in the past, like I feel like I have a lot of unique experiences. Um, number three, I think, honestly... I, I, it could be mistaken as egotistical, but I consider myself a really confident individual despite my, the shortcomings I'm aware of. And I have always believed in the fake it till you make it attitude and therapy has helped me a lot through that. And I don't feel like I'm faking it anymore. Was that three or was that four? It was four. Okay. And number five, I, I like my voice. As far as there like a speaking go. voice goes. And Hannah and I can both sing. We don't do it very often. And Hannah does it for church. I I have a really weird philosophy about this talent of mine. And that it, it's mine. And when people hear something or see something that they can't do or can't relate to, a response a lot of the time is envy and jealousy. And they project that onto you. And I refuse to let anyone like take from me what I know is mine. So I don't do it for a lot of people. So Yeah. No, I definitely like if I'm in the car with people that I'm not usually in the car with, I don't usually sing 
It's, yeah. it's a level of trust for me only because listen, I, I, you know, I'm a fragile person. I try to be a confident person, but if, especially when it's something that you feel like it's a gift of yours, if someone mm-hmm. insults it, it hurts more than like, I hate your shirt. Like, right. Okay. okay. Yeah. But if you're like, you have a terrible voice when that's like a huge point for you that you feel like, oh, I have, I feel like I have a good voice. I feel like it's a talent of mine for someone to insult that it cuts really deep. So mm-hmm. I don't trust everybody with it. And the double whammy, the second one, right. This is the whammy number two. So right. What, right. <laughs> what is, what is one piece of advice you'd give your future self? Hmm, my future self? Future Emma. Wow. Um, future Emma, I would say, and this is so funny because I think most of the time we think of ourselves as only past selves because we don't know our future selves, you know, but I would say future me, it's okay that that thing you thought would work out didn't work out and it didn't mean that you failed. Yeah. Because ultimately you're going to have that disappointment again, regardless of what the context is. And I think just like, I, I would look back at me now saying that and be like, Oh, you're so naive, you know, but that's okay too. Like, I think there's a good thing to naivete and that kind of hope that things will work out, but if it doesn't, that's okay too. You know? Yeah. Because what's in a lot of like Christian people and pastors preach against the idea of manifestation. And I'm not saying I manifest, I'm going to be rich and famous and this, this and that, but I do believe that what is yours will belong to you. Yeah. What is meant for you, you will have. So that's how I look at it. Yeah. And I think the last one for me, I've not been keeping count. So it could be 15. I don't know. Who can say? Who can say we don't do math on this podcast? It's not in our contract. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> the last question for me is what do I want to take with me into the future? Okay. I want to take with me the assurance that I'm loved because that took a lot of time, energy, and focus to mm-hmm. kind of put to bed the. I had a lot, I had a lot in my childhood spoken over me that was like, not by my parents, but by a parent figure. Um, but that was like worthlessness and like, you're never going to be anything. You're never going to measure up. You're never going to be worth anyone's time, you know, and you you don't have who you are and we don't like you. You know what? I don't like you. I wish nothing but the best. Me, Emma, I want you to have a bad time. I am not going to drink the poison that is unforgiveness because it's only you that suffers. So mm-hmm. fare thee oh, well, Biatch, fare thee well. So <laughs> I will see in this bitterness. I do not mind. I love I a spa. I don't care. I know. You're basically Ursula. You're like, I'll just bathe in ink <laughs> so, and I'll, I'll be thriving. Thanks. It's fine. So what I want to take with me into the future is the assurance that I'm loved because yeah, mm-hmm. there was, there was a lot that was in my childhood, in my early formative years, in my younger adult years, that was very much like a rocky, tumultuous, I need to consistently check with people that they love me because Mm -hmm. it's very possible that all of a sudden they won't love me. I think this in particular carries into romantic relationships a lot of the time for us. Maybe it's just as women, but. So big. It was such a huge thing with my husband and I, because I trust him so it wouldn't make sense that I wouldn't trust that when he says he loves me, he loves me. But there's this thing in me that goes, maybe you don't really love me. 
out of nowhere. There's no provocation. There's nothing that he's done. Or if there is like a small chain of evidence that maybe something is going slightly wrong, I'm like, that means you don't love me. And it's an immediate conclusion rather than like, oh, this is a logical process that we followed to get to this place. It's just like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that reaction. Trauma response. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want those. We want them. (laughs) And what else do I want to take with me? I want to take with me. I've been really big on this my whole life. So I I just want to like continue to live my life like this. I think it's a great policy to have. I don't have time for fake friends. I really don't do well with shallow relationships. I don't, I don't tend to keep people in my life who are not major players in my life. I don't have a ton of, I know a lot of people, but I don't have a ton of like, oh my gosh, how are you doing conversations with acquaintances? And that's not to say that I don't care how people are doing, but it's to say that I am an introvert and I have to guard my personal time very carefully. And I'm only going to set aside time, invest in people who are close friends, who mm-hmm. They're in for the real stuff. They want the whole thing, not just like, oh, I'd love to get brunch sometime like two weeks from now and then never talk to you again. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't have time. So I want to take only genuine, solid friendships forward, you know, and I want to keep living that way. And the other thing I want to take forward with me is the awareness that exercise is meant to be fun because mm-hmm. it might sound stupid. But there was so much drummed into us and especially like in, I would call like 18 and 19, very formative years, but there was so much drummed into us that like, you have to achieve something or you have to hit this weight or you have to hit this goal to pass, to be valuable, to be good. And changing that mindset for my life going forward is so important. So Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I take with me that moving my body is a privilege and that exercise is supposed to be restorative and fun. If I walk for 10 minutes, that's valuable. You don't have to max out. You don't have to hit a certain record. You don't have to pass a certain time. You don't have to do a certain number of reps to have moved your body and made good choices and moved it well and enjoyed the privilege that is freedom of movement. So I did have someone once tell me if you don't puke at the end, you didn't work hard enough. And I was like, it sounds like you're just not working out intelligently, you know? Also, I went swimming for the first time in like literally like uh, over a year because my my gym has a pool and you can book a lane in advance, like in like 24 hours in advance. And I got in and I was like, I was like, I'm going to do a 500. And let me tell you, it was not consecutive. <laughs> because it was a lot of breaks, pauses. And I did. I ended, sessions. Up, I ended up doing it in breaks of 100s with. Which is great. Like 40 second rest in between or something like but that. But my point is, even if you did it in five hours, you did that's it. That's great. That's all that matters. So yep. and as long as you enjoyed it, like, and this is like, we can have a whole episode on this. And we won't, but there's this idea, especially now in like social media world that like you have to do very specific exercises to have had a valuable workout or to be a valuable member of the gym society. And that's just inaccurate. So I want you to know me to you as a person who's been in the gym since 2013 and I have seen it all and I have done it all as a person who values fitness and health. And that's why I'm there you should never have if you're giving into the pressure of a workout that doesn't suit you like I want you to know I support you changing that like I'm on your team and people that are genuinely the real ones in the gym that support your journey whatever you want to call it we want you to do what works for you not what works for us so it's okay to change it yeah and you don't have to work out six days a week 
to have valuable workouts. If you work out two days that week, that's great. If you work out no days that week, that's fine. Don't worry about it. You'll get it next time. If you work out four days that week, great for you. If we're, if you enjoy working out and you can have the time and you fit in six sessions, thumbs up, mm-hmm. but working out twice a week does not make you a less valuable gym participant. It just makes your body different. And, that's and okay. unfollow the people that are spouting this, like change them, honestly, change your feed. Like if unfollow the people that are feed. like, Oh, like you don't have time. Like, no, I don't have time. Unfollow. Like I have a life. I have things going on. I'm busy. And sometimes busy means I'm sitting on my couch playing Xbox because that's what I want to do. But busy is also about restorative time. So there's time to do, and there's also a time to rest. And so many people break down because they don't take rest. And one thing that I take seriously, and one thing that I build into my life, and one thing that I'm passionate about is Sabbath. Take Mm -hmm. rest time, Mm -hmm. because trust me, your body will force you to, if you don't, you will get sick, you will get tired, you will be irritable, you won't be able to do as many things. Like you will never have as much time as you would have had if you just plan downtime, mm-hmm. plan to rest. Yep. So we hope you enjoyed this little insight because Hannah and I, we make it an effort to be candidly honest with you listeners because yeah, as much as what, we can, it's what we needed when we were at a certain age in part of our, like, uh, you know, in a certain stage of our life, not just age, but like where we were at. And if yeah. only we had had someone to be honest about where they were at instead of the veneer that we all put on for social media and for each other, who knows what could have happened. Well, and that's why we try to tell as much truth as we can. You know, we protect people's identities. We don't ever want to make it like a name and shame thing, but as much as we can share with you, we want to share with you because, you know, we tell this story all the time. We had eating disorders and we were friends and we didn't know because Mm -hmm. there is an absolute, like, exactly that a veneer of perfectionism and like I'm not struggling with anything I'm fine that a lot of people put on and it I just want this to be and I know this is something that we've founded this podcast on we want this to be a space of reality and a space of depth and a space that like you can just come as you are and exactly where you're at and that is what we want to create so and hopefully we have succeeded to some extent and with 50 episodes and that being said guys we thank you so much for joining us on this very pivotal episode this crazy moment in our lives that we knew for sure we would reach but we weren't sure how it would be going so can't wait for the next 150 i mean maybe 10,000. who can say i'm just letting you guys know i will do this forever i'll never not have things to say and by forever i mean we will always have things to say (laughs) like I, and we have talked about this before, how much we'd love to be able to do like live recordings with people. Like if we ever reach the kind of magnitude where we were able to have audiences, like in a, in a fame grab kind of way, just in like a how fun it would be to interact with people. No, just like we have so much fun making the podcast. So it'd be great to share that with other people. So um, rate, review, subscribe, get in there, get into our, our DMs, into our comments. We're on the tweeter now. We're on the tweeter where I post my inner monologue. I'm pretty sure today I wrote... Um, I take, I, I consider it a sign when my bank account crashes, when I'm trying to check my balance, <laughs> I was like, guess I better not look and, or it doesn't matter. Cause money is just paper. The and universe not real. is sparing me. <laughs> so much, Nate, but I'll appreciate it. So anyway, guys, um, I am Emma. I am Hannah. And that's the tea.